0: Good day to you, my friends. It's another groovy day here in God's kingdom. Thanks for spending a tiny piece of eternity here with us at St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji's podcast. A warm welcome to all of you. I pray that you will be enriched by the words spoken here today. Starting this week through Easter, we will do something a little different. As we are two weeks into the season of Lent, we will continue two short devotions a week, but on Wednesdays, we will instead have the midweek sermon from St. Mark. Our Sunday podcast will continue to alternate sermons between Grace Lutheran in Sioux City and St. Mark in Bemidji. I think you will enjoy the overarching theme, Crushed, presented through both the Wednesday and Sunday sermons. If you haven't subscribed yet, now would be a great time to do it so you don't miss any of these meditations. Lent is a great time to get involved in church. There are more opportunities for those of us that work weird schedules to actually attend a divine service. Our midweek services happen on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Come as you are, even if you work in a mine. We also have a public Google Calendar that has many other activities and events that you were invited to be a part of. I put a link in the podcast description so that you can peruse it at your leisure. If you have a suggestion on how to improve the podcast, questions about our ministry, or constructive feedback of any sort, feel free to drop me a line at john.kirk at If you like this podcast, take a moment on iTunes or Google to rate and review this podcast. It goes a long way to help spread the good word. I've gone on long enough now, so without further delay, let's take a listen to what is in store
1: like it or not we all like to put up a front don't we we want to hide our worst attributes the things that we are ashamed of we want to preserve our reputation we want to look good in front of other people we like to fabricate the facade oftentimes that we are something more than we are. Chosen by God, though he was. Mighty warrior, though he was. Builder of nations, though he was. David also spent time fabricating a facade to cover his own misdeeds as a sinner. And as it does with us, so it was with him it took creativity. It took skill. It took persistence and it took a cold heart. But for a time, he had done it. He had done it. For a time, he had managed to preserve his reputation with his court and with God's people to cover up the sin that he had committed, that he might hide the fact. That he was the kind of sinner that he was from those around him. To hide the fact, maybe in some weird way from his own heart, he fabricated a facade to stick up and put up fruitlessly, even in front of God. David wanted to appear before his people And in the sight of God, the way that David wanted to appear before his people in the sight of God, he was not. He was a whitewashed tomb. White on the outside, painted with maybe a flower garden in front of it. But inside he was rotten. For despite all the pleasures that were at his fingertips, all the power that was at his fingertips as a king, he slept with the wife of one of his best soldiers, uriah the hittite and he got her pregnant and he had to fabricate the facade he had to put up the front he had to cover it he tried this in many different ways and as i said it took persistence and creativity and a cold heart and some skill He had uriah called off the front lines and david Tries to wine and dine him and get him drunk and send him home to his wife. But Uriah was too noble. And Uriah slept at David's doorpost saying, How can I possibly go home to my wife and en- enjoy her company? How can I possibly go home when my brothers in arms are fighting out in the field? No way I'm going to stay here. Uh oh. So David has to up his game. So then he has Uriah sent off to the front and an order given to the army, to the general, that when the fighting is at its peak and the thickest and in the heat of battle, take the soldiers that are around him and pull back from his entire unit. I guess not that it makes it any better or worse, but understand what David just did. To fabricate his facade, he has now lied, he has tricked, and now he murders. And not just Uriah, but the entire unit of soldiers that was with Uriah that was left hanging with a flank open for the enemy to come and charge in and kill them. The facade was up. And so he plays the game. He allows Bathsheba to the the woman that he uh, slept with, the the former wife of, of Uriah. He allows her to go into her ceremonial time of mourning to preserve his aura of righteousness and innocence. And for all his work, for all his cunning, and for the front that he put up and so craftily displayed, before his court, and before God's people, and what he thought he was doing for God, it was all completely worthless. David might have looked good and upheld his reputation in front of people, but in front of God, God knew what was done. The facade of self-righteousness that he had built for himself needed to be busted and shattered and broken for his own good. So God sends him the prophet Nathan. That's what I read to you just a few moments ago in our first lesson where Nathan gives David that parable, if you will, about the two men, the rich one and the poor one. And the poor man only had that one cute little ewe lamb, brought it into his home, and he fed it from his hand, and he, he, he held it in his arms. It was like a child to him. And then the big, rich, greedy guy comes and takes it what he has isn't enough and you see just how effective david's facade was he even blinded himself david stands up and with vitriol says as surely as the lord lives the man who did this must die he must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity And without having to spell it out, without having to go into hardly any detail, Nathan looks back at him after giving this parable and looks David right in the face and says, you, you are the man. David has no response. He's got no response. He keeps his teeth together because he knows. He knows he is. He knows he is that kind of sinner. And the self made facade of, of righteousness is crushed by that one simple sentence You are the man. And in his heart, David acknowledges what he has done. And there's no more covering the tracks, there's no more fabricating the The facade. There's no more hiding behind false pretenses. All there is to do now is confess. And David owns it. For the next words out of David's mouth are the words that they should have been. I have sinned against the Lord. We just sang David's psalm of repentance after he was confronted and called to repentance. We just sung that psalm, Psalm 51, where David says, For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. We may not have the prophet Nathan, but we have one better. We've got the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit works on our hearts and on our minds through the Word of God, he does the same thing to us. He does the same thing tonight. He did the same thing earlier when we read that lengthy confession of sins as we ponder each and every one of those ways in which we have failed he cracks and shatters any kind of front or any kind of facade of self-righteousness that we would build up for ourselves. Now just like David we put up fronts too fronts that try to justify our own sinful thoughts and words and deeds and actions, we fabricate the facade as well. If we're lazy, we're quick to point to someone else and say that they're the real reason why something didn't get done. We often pick up on the hate and the fear that is being thrown around in our society and the world around us. And we decide for ourselves that it's okay. I can put up the front too. I can do the same thing. It's all right for me to ignore Jesus' instruction to love one another as He has loved me, to forgive others as He has forgiven me. Because we rationalize and we put up the front that says if I have been wronged in such and such a way, well, then I deserve to get mine. We live selfishly. We put up the front and we rationalize that our wants are absolute necessities. If we are cheap or if we are reckless, we are quick to offer excuses or to destroy the reputation of somebody else. Because we often put up the front in our own hearts and in our own minds and believe the facade and believe the lie that sin begins in the action or in the Word and not in the heart or in the mind. And so how many hours, how many days have we spent just like David? fabricating our own facade, working creatively and tirelessly with a cold heart trying to cover our sins, or pointing at others and saying that person must pay for what they've done. At least I'm not that kind of sinner. We are that kind of sinner. Sin does begin in the heart. And sin does begin in the mind, not in the action. We're just whitewashed tombs just like David was. Clean on the outside inwardly rotten. There is no one in here or anywhere else in this world that is any more or less sinful than the other. And brothers and sisters, as the facade comes down, we see ourselves as the sinners that we are. We too must, like David, own it. And name it. And say exactly what David said. I have sinned against the Lord. Against you and you only have I sinned. Nobody likes to admit they're wrong. No one wants to be named a sinner. We like the facade. It's protective. But friends, as sinners, as sinful people, all the evidence is stacked against us. There's no point in having a front or having a facade. Were we in a court of law and the evidence Uh, the, the, The evidence would all point to one verdict. Guilty. And the sentence would be death. And that would all be a foregone conclusion. But that is why we are here. That is why we are here tonight. Because those same words that Nathan spoke to David can also be said to you. The Lord has taken away your sin you are not going to die. And indeed, He has taken it away. And this time, it's not a parable about a lamb. It's a real lamb. A real person. The punishment that a single sin deserves is death in hell forever, dust and oblivion, but that has been taken away. The grave has lost its sting because of a different lamb. The Lamb of God. The Lamb without any blemish or without any defect. Who was betrayed and beaten and suffered and surrounded by sinners just like you and I. Yet He cried out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus our Savior, took the sin and the punishment that we rightly deserve. Yes, we're responsible for His death. Everybody is. There isn't a living human soul on this planet that isn't, but that's the strange beauty of this all, isn't it? That God provided for us a place to turn to. God provided for us a reason to have no false pretenses and to take down the facade, to break it and shatter it. As David says again in Psalm 51, a broken and broken heart, O Lord, You will not despise. In Christ Jesus, God has given us every single reason to turn to Him. Our punishment has been mitigated, taken. Death in the dust that you are going to return to is nothing anymore. Know that that is not the end, because we all need to see our deep need for that real Lamb. We cannot hide our sin. We cannot build around it. We need it washed away. We need it washed away in the blood of the Lamb. We need it washed away just like you're going to go home tonight and you're going to try to scrub that oil and that ash off of your hand. We need it cleansed. We need it washed away. And we are. And we have been. By faith in Him, we are cleansed of the stain of sin. And more than that, we are cleansed from the the dust and the dirt of the grave. So again, just like David, putting up a front, fabricating a facade of self-righteousness. It's utterly pointless. Everything is known to God anyway. We do not need anything to impress Him, for no front would fool Him. We do not need a facade. We do not not need a front or a mask to face God. We don't need the facade because we have forgiveness. Amen. Amen.
0: That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10:30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. May God richly continue to bless the rest of your day.